What's good, everyone? Welcome to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. Welcome back. It is Tuesday, July 27th, as of this recording. want to thank everyone for tuning in. Remember, you can find us at Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. In addition, every week I post the episodes on our Facebook page at Geeks Who Watch Football and on my Twitter account at MadTitan1018. It is good to be back. I've been off for a couple weeks. I had two episodes planned for vacation, but unfortunately the audio file got corrupted. So when I was out camping in the Thousand Islands, I tried to upload it and it... So unfortunately there were two episodes that I won't get back. I will be releasing those episodes at some point. I just have to re-record them. Um, Just a quick update. This week I plan to do the Loki series finale. I know we were saying of doing episodes four, five, six, but at this point, We've covered the whole uh, show. It's over. It'd kind of be useless to go back and give our individual thoughts per episode, like as reviews, because we usually give predictions. And since we already know what happens, I can't wait to talk about it with Kevin and Phil. They will be back on. We took a longer hiatus than expected. We couldn't get schedules to line up, vacations, etc. But this week we will be back together and I'll shoot an update to people when that episode goes live. In addition, later this week, I will be meeting with Garrett. We're going to be going over the Sly series review overall, the re-review of it, how we do rankings. As it stands right now, we had some football news finally break. Training camp has started started today. We're going to be covering who reported, who didn't report, some news, rumors, maybe a couple of rants from yours truly. But once again, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, going to have some more gaming updates in the future. Uh Good to have some football news in the coming weeks. I'll be doing a fantasy football episode. In addition, I will also be doing a if your team sucks, who to watch in college football this year. So the Olympics are going on right now, but this is a football slash video game podcast, so I'm not going to get into it too much. Those of you who know me know I'm a huge swimming fan. So Caleb Dressel has been lighting it up. Women's like Katie Ledecky had a couple of goals the other day. So I'm really, really excited about watching that. But once again, football podcast. So I'm going to start, you know, talk about football and video games. So coming weeks, fantasy football, upcoming uh, college players to watch. And then, like I said, in video games, going to be covering the Sly series review, going to be covering Mario Golf. I've also been playing Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD. I'm going to be covering that review as well, kind of like a Switch episode review. And then I've also been playing Mass Effect for the Retro Gaming Review podcast. So a lot happening, a lot going on. Um, a lot going on in my life as well. I also was delayed by a week because I had a sore throat, could not talk very well. I sounded raspy. I sounded like the grandma from SpongeBob, like the chocolate. And I just, it didn't sound good. I didn't want to push it. So here we are a long two week hiatus. I am back though. It feels good to be back. Leave a like, leave a review, leave whatever you think. If I sound like shit still let me know. But anyway, moving forward. NFL training camp started today. Uh, the Miami Dolphins signed a couple of their prospects. They signed uh, the second-round pick right tackle from Notre Dame, Liam Eichenberg. They also signed the tight end from Boston College with their third-round pick with Hunter Long. Uh, noticeable absence from training camp today is New York Jets quarterback, second overall pick Zach Wilson because he has not signed yet. I expect the deal to get done for people saying, is it a big deal? Yeah, it sucks because you never want to miss the first day of practice as a rookie. Time is valuable. Um, It's why I give so much credit to the four quarterbacks last year, Love, Burrow, Herbert, and Tua. 
because they didn't have a full offseason. They had COVID going on. They did they weren't able to get a full developmental rookie mini camp like these guys are getting. So every time counts, and I feel bad that this is happening to Zach Wilson. But at this point, it's not really about money when people ask. It's about rights and agreements because the money's been signed. Think back to Joey Boza when he held out for a week. It was about rights and signings and guarantees. The money is kind of set. It's slotted already. So it's not like the NFL draft of years past, like think back to Jamarcus Russell or Sam Bradford, where they were you know, holding out to be the top five highest paid quarterback in football before playing a snap. That's not the case here. It's basically signature and fra- or the uh, phrasing of the contract is why Wilson's holding out. He will sign. He will report. It's just not a good look for a rookie quarterback where time is everything. You want every single rep you can get especially in the Jets case when they do not have a quarterback who's played a snap of meaningful football yet. They don't have that savvy vet like a Joe Flacco or a Ryan Fitzpatrick or a Jacoby Brissett or a Mitch Trubisky. If they had one of those, it wouldn't be as big of a deal, but they're rolling young boys. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with the Jets there. Moving forward. Sorry, the computer blacked out there. I thought it died. I'd be like, oh, no, I have to re-record this. <laughs> this would be the second time, by the way. So I don't really want to. Re- if so, if I sound robotic, my apologies. I literally just had to repeat this because my computer died earlier, too. I thought I charged it enough. But anyway, there are two big stories. Um, if you remember earlier on when I had uh, the coach Bobby Cicerano and my friend Paul Thompson on, we talked about Aaron Rodgers' situation, how it wasn't a situation. And then, of course, Aaron Rodgers turned down a two-year expen- uh, extension to make him the highest-played uh, quarterback in the NFL. He turned it down. So people thought, buckle up. It's going to get intense. It's not about the money. And he did show up for training camp. So he does plan on playing out the season. He still is disgruntled with the franchise. He still wants to be traded, but he is showing up. And you're going to notice a trend there because Deshaun Watson also showed up for training camp today at the Houston Texans facility. And so did holdout Xavier Howard for Miami Dolphins, the corner. So the reason you're seeing this a lot of times, folks, you got to understand under the uh, NFL PA agreement for every training camp practice missed, each player is fined $50,000 per practice. That is a lot of moolah to leave on the table, no matter how much you're making. And I think that's why you're getting players to show up. They're still going to be unhappy. Think the worst case scenario they could do is a James Harden situation with the Houston Rockets, where you know he purposely you know plays bad, looks out of shape, looks you know miserable, is a is a problem in the locker room. That's about the most you can do. Or Anthony Davis did in uh, the Pelicans. It's about the most you can do as a player right now. But that's why you see these people showing up. It's not that they're committed to the franchise it's not that they're committed to the fans it's literally they don't want to be fined fifty thousand dollars each practice so that's why i mentioned all three of them we're going to get into more details on them in a second but that's my thoughts on it for why are people showing up it's because they don't want to get fined that's a lot of money most of us myself included don't make that a year could you imagine being fined that in one day (sighs) jesus but Anyway, Aaron Rodgers, all three of us, the coach, myself, and Paul called it that Aaron Rodgers would be playing in Green Bay this year. I thought he was going to sign the contract, honestly, because usually Rodgers has pulled this stunt before. He just wants more money. He gets more money. He's happy, and he shows up. But I do think this is his last year at the Packers, though. I do think he will be gone next year. I think and that will be fine with Green Bay because they're going to roll with Jordan Love at that point then. Or with a quarterback they drafted, they don't think Love's the guy. 
So one way or another, I think this will be his last year in Green Bay. Um, it's why Paul and I didn't talk about it week to week. It's why we didn't entertain a Denver Broncos trade. You heard all that rumors firing up, same with the Dolphins in interest. And I just didn't entertain it because I didn't think Rodgers was going anywhere. And as far as I'm concerned, it ties into the um, – there's another situation in Green Bay first to get into as well. This one is more concerning to me. Their number one receiver, top receiver ranked in Madden this year, by the way, as well. Devontae Adams is not happy with the Green Bay Packers. They are struggling with contract negotiations. Makes sense. He's going to want to be the highest paid receiver in the NFL, and I think he's deservedly so. In addition, I think he has a right for being skeptical because if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, you know, he doesn't want to be part of a rebuilding team. I get it. Um, and this is what happens when, yes, they paired Aaron Jones, but this is a team that's made questionable decision after questionable decision. So in the span of an offseason, they pissed off their quarterback, number one, and they also pissed off their wide receiver, number one. The two things you had locked down in the Green Bay Packers organization were quarterback and running back, and that's what they drafted a year ago with their first and second round picks running back A.J. Dillon and quarterback Jordan Love. And they even gave up assets additionally to move up. And this year they took cornerback Eric Stokes. I don't mind the corner pick. I think they took the wrong one. But, um, yeah, it is what it is at this point. I, I feel bad for Packers fans. In a way, I don't because they've had such long-standing success. But I do feel bad for them because I do understand Aaron Rodgers' frustration because I feel like he's feeling like he's getting pushed out the door between getting the ball taken out of his hands in the fourth uh, fourth down and the and the playoff game against the Bucs. But at the same time, Rodgers has been this way for the last four or five years. So it's like the boy who cried wolf. It's kind of like Russell Wilson right now who's crying every offseason. Um, there's times where I, I side with the players. I sign with the player wanting out of the organization, like in Deshaun Watts' case before all the scandals hit. But in other cases, I'm like, you know, in Xavier Howard's case, in Aaron Rodgers' case, I don't have sympathy for them. In Russell Wilson's case, I don't have sympathy for them. So, but that's my thoughts on that. I do think Devontae Adams is going to be there for at least another year because push comes to shove, they'll franchise tag him. So I don't see him going anywhere. I mean, at the end of the day, they might, you know, not be able to resign him long term. But once again, I think he's going to be there for at least an additional year to help Jordan Love because they're going to franchise tag him at the very least. So he's here for a little bit still. So that's my thoughts on the Green Bay Packers. We're going to move on next to the Xavier Howard situation in Miami. He has shown up today. I do believe Xavier Howard will play this year, but I think this is his last year in Miami as well, similar to Aaron Rodgers. He was rumored to want to be traded last October. He feels hurt that the team signed Byron Jones, not just signed him, but paid him more than on his own team. Um, it's not just about being the highest paid corner. He wants more guaranteed money. My thoughts on that are Xavier's a great player. He had 10 interceptions last year, but the team took a chance on him two years ago when he was struggling to stay healthy. He hadn't played a full season up until that point. And... They took a chance on him by paying him top. I think at the time when they signed him two years ago, he was the top paid corner in football. And I would understand if he didn't sign that type of deal, if it was like a middle of the road, like 12 to 13 million, he'd be pissed. And I'm all for rewarding players that exceed expectations, but he's still the sixth highest paid corner in the NFL. 
Jalen Ramsey's paid higher than him. I, we just covered it. Byron Jones is paid higher than him. I believe Tredavious White's paid higher than him. Those are all great corners. To me, he's still a top 10 paid, top 10 paid corner. If he wants more guaranteed, I'm fine with shifting around the money there. I'm fine with giving him an incentive-based bonus, but I'm not tearing up the contract completely and making him the highest paid corner and fully guaranteeing him. I'm sorry. Not for one season's worth of Pro Bowl production. He's a great corner. He's top three in the league right now. And we need him to come back to a top five defense for the Dolphins. But at the end of the day, that's why I think he showed up to camp. He didn't want to be fined 50 grand. And sorry, if I'm not getting a worthwhile offer, I'm not trading him if I'm the Dolphins. The uh, Patriots were rumored to try to trade Stephon Gilmore a year or two years ago and didn't get adequate value back. We're not getting a Jalen Ramsey trade package back of two first round picks. I know that's what Miami wants. I think they'll get more than they got from Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick, they got from the Pittsburgh or traded to Pittsburgh for the 18th overall pick. Steelers won that trade, by the way, but definitely won that trade. The Steelers did, but Minka was a rookie player, rookie contract, not quite proven. Xavier's contract does hurt him that a team will have to renegotiate his contract and give up assets, but he is 28 years old and he is the top three corner in football. I still don't have him quite as high as Jalen Ramsey, but I think he's top three. But once again, though, it gets back to it. For me, I would take a first in a player or a first in something else for him. Two first, I'm not going to be super greedy because I don't think we're going to get that for him, but I would love to get, you know, Alvin Kamara in a second from the Saints. I would love to get the Dallas Cowboys first and an offensive lineman. You know what I mean? Like I would love to get those type of assets for Xavier Howard, but I don't know. It depends. Like I said, on who's offering. I know Arizona Cardinals are knocking. I've heard people ask me about Chandler Jones. I would take Chandler Jones, but I would want something else in return because Chandler Jones is 31 coming off a major injury where he missed most of the season. He's a great player, but Miami is kind of a little flex in pass rushers right now after uh, drafting Jalen Phillips, 18th overall. And uh, still having Emmanuel Agua on contract. So if you think you're going to lose Agua, it's a nice safety net. And I think Chandler uh, Jones is an upgrade, but he is an older player who just came off an injury. I would take Chandler Jones in a second or Chandler Jones in a third for Xavier, but I want something in addition to that. But like I said, an ideal situation is I would easily take Alvin Kamara in a second round pick from the Saints. Or I would take one of their offensive linemen in a third. One of the because they have one of the best centers in football right now. I would take him, like, because Miami is a hole there at center right now. Matt Skura, if he learns how to hike a football, might be good, but we don't know there. I still think the Dolphins, because a lot of teams that needed him, I know Reason brought this up on Finside the NFL. Um, that the teams that needed corners, teams like the Cowboys, the Saints, they both signed corners recently in the last coming couple of days. So I think that's telling that the the only team that didn't was Arizona so and Houston. So I think that leads me to believe that there's either going to be a three-way trade or he's going to Arizona or Houston. I think at this point it's 50-50 that Xavier Howard gets traded. I still think Miami's monitoring the Deshaun Watson situation. And that's what we're going to get into right now. It's not a situation I want to talk about. In all honesty, folks, and this is me coming from a Dolphins fan perspective, it's I'm going to talk about the other teams involved as well, but I am just sick of this Deshaun Watson situation. I'm at a point of just pooper, get off the pot. Somebody trade for him. If Miami, if you're going to trade for him, just freaking trade for him. 
I think it's stupid. I would roll with Tua after nine games. I think nine games is too small of a sample size when he was playing at 60% coming off a major hip injury. I would roll and see what you got, but I'll give my thoughts in a second. But So they've been talking this week. Um, Deshaun Watson did show up to training camp. He was not put on the um, uh, NFL's exempt list, which was huge. Uh, Benjamin Albright in the NFL said on his radio show, even though he's an insider for the Broncos, he's also an insider at PFN. He has said that uh, Philly and Carolina have reached back out to Houston. Watson wants Miami to reunite with Fuller. Tua was a management pick. Coaching staff believed at Alabama he was hesitant to pull the deep trigger and didn't want to bet their jobs on him. That was per Benjamin Albright. That's just the summation of it. It's also been reported on newspapers like the Miami Herald. Adam Beasley also reported too that inside that um, and he was of the Miami Herald. Adam Beasley, but now he's a, an insider as well for PFN. He reported that the Dolphins are still keeping tabs on Deshaun Watson trade. I'm going to save Miami for last because they have the most juicy details to offer. Benjamin Albright. There were four teams that were mentioned. It was the Denver Broncos, Carolina Panthers, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Miami Dolphins. For those saying San Francisco, I would say no because they traded up and took Trey Lance. They were trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers. They were shot down. The Denver Broncos are a good realistic team, but Benjamin Albright, who covers that team, has said they are out on Deshaun Watson. That's why you have not heard a peep since the allegations came out. They were before, but when the allegations hit, they were out. So that just leaves Carolina, Philly, and Miami. Now, the kicker here, and I know my friend Paul brought this up to me because we text all the time of what about the Raiders? I just don't think the Raiders have the assets. The Raiders would have to, if they get into a bidding war, if that's one of Watson's teams he wants, I can't, the you know, the Houston Texans, if you go by the Ian Rappaport or uh, Chris Mortensen report, I mean, Chris Mortensen reported that they want five picks, five high picks in a Pro Bowl caliber starting player. And I don't see that on the Houston, uh, the Houston. I don't see that on the Las Vegas Raiders right now. It, if reports are to believe they're leaning on the defensive side of the ball, uh, we already know for any Raider fans out there, you already know what's your defense, the state it's in. Offensively, sure, they can maybe offer Josh Jacobs, but once again, the Carolina Panthers can outbid you. They could offer Christian McCaffrey. Raiders don't have a lot of picks anymore. They used to. If this was two years ago, they'd have the advantage. Sure, they could offer Derek Carr. That's a Pro Bowl level player. If they want to say, we'll give you Carr. But once again, the draft assets, both the Philadelphia Eagles and Miami Dolphins have more assets to offer in terms of draft picks. And then the Carolina Panthers have better players. So I just don't think the Raiders are going to be that desperate to get into the mix. What's going to settle this is where does Deshaun Watson want to play? Um, the Denver Broncos, according to Benjamin Albright, were out. Like I said, they would have phenomenal players to offer on the defensive side of the ball, and not just the safety Houston, but they have phenomenal corners and defense and linebackers they could offer. They could offload uh, Von Miller if they wanted to, plus draft picks. It makes sense if they want to move off Drew Locke. He's coming on his, on his third year, that impactful third year. Their butts are on the hot seat right now. Vic Fangio's on the hot seat. They just drafted Javante Williams to pair with, um, I almost said Philip Lindsay, Melvin uh, Gordon. They have Jerry Judy. That's a team ready to go. But they do play in the AFC West. So I think 
I'm going to trust Albright here and say that they're out. So that leaves the three teams. We're going to get into Carolina first. Yes, Carolina did just trade for Sam Darnold. But if you follow the reports before the draft, ownership was desperate for Deshaun Watson. They said, because under the, they were under a new ownership, do what it takes to get Deshaun Watson. You know, he played at Clemson in South Carolina there. He's in the region. You know, it's a young coaching staff on a long deal. They could offer, you know, Derek Brown, the defensive tackle. They could offer Christian McCaffrey, and they could offer three first-round picks. If you want to see what teams could offer, you can also go back to my Deshaun Watson episode. I think it might have been the first or second ever podcast I ever did because those trade scenarios, for the most part, still apply. only thing that's different is draft picks, obviously, because we've had the draft already. But... They compare together defensive tackle Derek Brown, Christian McCaffrey, and three first-round picks. And that's a sweet package, or two first-round picks, if you want to say that. It's a really good bargain. Question, once again, is is that on his list? And we don't know, because Deshaun Watts has never officially released the list. How desperate does he want to get out of Houston? Then we're going to get into the team that I believe has the most assets. But once again, this comes down to, will he play for them? I think Deshaun would approve a trade to Denver. I think he would for Carolina. I think he would for Miami. If you follow all board support, Miami's the top spot on his list. I think he would have for San Francisco way back when as well. But I just don't think Philly might not because of the ownership there. He'd be going from one bad owner to the next. You know, I think he would dominate. They're in the NFC, so from Houston's standpoint, it makes sense. They get out of the conference. I think Philly would try to offer up something along the lines of they don't really have players. They might try to pair Fletcher Cox, maybe. Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett in two or three first. What they have is they have capital, though. They have two first-round picks guaranteed next year. Miami's in their own. And via the Carson Wentz trade, they could have either a first or second round pick. So if he starts 75% of his games, it becomes a first round pick. If he starts 70% of his games and they make the playoffs, it's a first round pick. Anything else that's less than that, it's a second round pick. So at the very least, they're going to have two ones and two twos next year. I think it's going to be three ones because I think he's going to start 75% of his games. And if not, I think the Colts are going to make the playoffs. If you follow my predictions, I think I did that episode like a few weeks back. I had the Colts making the playoffs. I think the Colts are ready to go. So I think the Philadelphia Eagles next year are going to have, they could give up three first round picks in the same draft. Plus Flexer Cox and Derek Barnett, if they wanted to, or Darius Slay, the corner they got from the Lions a year ago. That would be a Pro Bowl player. Darius Slay, a corner and three first round picks. So that's who I think it would be. I think if they offered a package, it would be three first round picks all in the same draft that they wanted to. Philly's going to be dog shit, I think, this year. If they get Watson, they won't. But if they get if they wait till the end of the season, it might be a top 10 pick. I don't think Miami's will be a top 10 pick, and I don't think the Colts are. So you're looking at if Watson plays for Philly, picks that are probably all 18 to 32. But I think that's what you would get. So it would be three first-round picks, Derek Barnett, Darius Slay. And then we turn to the Miami Dolphins, the most likely team to trade, the team that if you follow Reason on Finside the NFL, I follow with Jeremy Klump at Professor Klump on Twitter. If you follow Adam Beasley, they have all been saying this, and I think even Omar Kelly was on this boat. They have all been saying, if the allegations did not hit, Deshaun Watson would be a Miami Dolphin right now. That they were, they had a very competitive package. You combine that with Xavier Howard is from Houston. That's his hometown. 
Miami, even though they don't have the draft capital they did prior to the draft, they have the best player they can offer on the table, which is Xavier Howard, that the other teams can't match. And they still have three first-round picks they can throw. They have one next year, which is the San Francisco pick, but then they have their own in San Francisco the following year. So it would be first next year and the two first the year prior or year following. The deal that I think would get the deal done that's been rumored for it is I think it would be three first-round picks, Xavier Howard and Christian Wilkins. I think that would be the trade. And I think they would try to ship Tua to somebody else for a second-round pick and recoup whatever they can for Tua and just roll with Jacoby Brissett and Deshaun Watson. Now, for people saying, oh, my goodness, should it be only two first? It might be two first gets the deal done. It depends on Deshaun Watson. If Watson comes out and says, I'm only going to play for Miami, then yes, they will not have to give up that. I would throw two into that trade, but I don't know. It's You've heard split reports. You've heard reports that uh, Nick Casario, the new GM, because they share that bond of New England because Brian Flores, Chris Greer, they're all from New England. They have that tie there that they're saying that it could be like, I think if he only says he wants to play for Miami, I think the deal does go down. But what I was saying about Tua is 50% of people are saying that the Houston Texans don't want Tua, and the other 50% are they do like Tua. They liked him with New England when they were with the Patriots organization. And that would be huge. So what could drop down to two first-round picks, Xavier Howard and Tua? And that's still a lot, by the way. The question is, would I do this deal? I'm more prone to trade for Deshaun Watson now than I was prior to the draft because I feel like we needed weapons. We needed Will Fuller. We got um, Jalen Waddell. I think we needed Najee Harris or a running back like Javante Williams. We did not. I still think that's going to be our biggest need next year that we are going to address in the offseason, whether it be the draft or free agency, which is a running back and a center. I think that will be a, you know, we, we, like that's what they will need and that's what they will look to address next year. But would I make the trade for that? So let's say it is three for Savian Howard and Christian Wilkins. I would say no because I think that's too much. And I get it. Deshaun Watson is a Pro Bowl player, though. you got to give up to get it, and I think that's the deal it would take. You might be able to knock a first out of there and say if both first this or the following year or one first this year, one first next year, which is maybe what it would be. But I think it's going to take the three first guys to get Deshaun Watson. And I get the trade. I really do get it. I think it would make us, but people got to understand a reason covered this on his podcast or on his uh, YouTube channel and on Twitter. Expectations have arrived, gentlemen. If they think they have a tight leash now to win coming off a 10 and six season with Tua, if they trade for Deshaun Watson, they better not only make the playoffs, they better win a playoff game. I'm expecting AFC championship game in the next two years. Don't have to win the AFC because the Chiefs are really good and the Bills are really good, but they better be in that dance. Or heads will roll, especially if you have to give up the assets you will need to get Watson. I think it's a safer bet because he is a more surefire quarterback. We don't know what to a ceiling or uh, uh, is yet. We don't know how he's going to rebound. I think what we saw last year was the worst Tua we will get, and that was a Trent Dilfer game manager type, who still was eleven and five touchdown interception ratio, who still went six and three. 
So if we keep Tua, we keep those assets. It's not me saying that I think Christian Wilkins is a Pro Bowl player and we can't get rid of him because with the emergence of Raekwon Davis, and I forgot the one signing that we just made on the defensive tackle, Wilkins is expendable to me. I don't mind trading him. I think draft picks sometimes can be overrated as well. And this is coming from a draft guy. But that's a lot to give up. Xavier Howard's the kicker for me in that one too. And it's the fact of you're giving up on Tua so quickly when what happens if you trade for Deshaun Watson who's had two ACL tears in his career already. He tears his ACL and Tua goes out somewhere else and balls. Not only, even if Tua ends up being as good or close to Deshaun Watson, people are going to look back and say, Jesus, you had Tua. You could have just kept your assets and kept building with that. And it's because of how much I like the player and want to see. If Tua stunk it up this year, I think every Dolphins fan would be united and say trade for Watson. Ideally, that's what would have happened is Watson sits out this year, doesn't play a snap, and then next year Miami goes all in on him if Tua stinks it up because I would rather go with the surefire thing than spin the wheel again at quarterback. And it was good points brought up right now about if the Dolphins were that desperate to move on, no matter what, they would have just drafted a quarterback top five. Like Joy Taylor said on the herd with Colin Cowherd, like reason is said on this channel, they would have just taken a quarterback if they were that desperate, no matter what to get somebody. I think it's the fact that Deshaun Watson's a top five, top 10 quarterback. That's why they're inquiring. They are it's the surefire thing in a pressure pack season. So we're gonna take a quick break and step away for a second. When we come back, I'm gonna wrap it up there and what it might wrap it up with my dolphins rant and all that fun stuff. So stay tuned. And we're back. So I was kind of starting to get into my rant before we had to take a break on the dolphins. So I covered the Deshaun Watson thing. Right now, if I had to get a poker to me, the Houston Texans did release it per Adam Schefter that they are now open to trading him. And then three hours later, it was announced that two more women came forward with complaints against him. I don't think this is going to get wrapped up. I think they said till February. I think the Texans want to trade him before things get worse. And in addition, they just want to move on and get what they can. Now, sitting on him does them no problem either if they sit on him because I don't think his value is going to go on too much if they wait the whole year, right? Because they get a more clear, concise outlook on their draft pick so like for example Phillies if they if he approves a trade to Philly it behooves them to trade him to Watson because then whichever team gets Watson is going to play better right so their record will be better their pick will be better Houston's going to be a top five bad team no matter what if Watson doesn't play for him so they're going to have a top five pick so that's why I think they just want assets and to get what they can for him and it's going to be a cloud lingering over them all season I think right now they're waiting and because they're trying to jack up the price. I don't think they're going to get five high picks for Watson. I just told you I think they're going to get three. Maybe look at a couple seconds thrown in there, like two first, two seconds. But I don't think a team's going to give up that plus a player. You're going to get one or the other. I don't think. I think they're doing that because remember when the Jets said they wanted a first for Sam Darnold, they ended up getting, I think, a, what, a third and a second? like, Or when uh, the Eagles came out and said they wanted two first for Carson Wentz and they ended up getting probably a first slash second for him in an additional third. Usually it's because they're releasing that report because they're selling high because they don't want to lose this trade because this is Nick Casario's first year. They're going to be bad. They're going to be a top five team. This is a team that went 4-12 with Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller, and they are both gone. Brandon Cooks is gone as well. Bernardrick McKinney is gone as well. They are going to be bad. They're my favorite to be the number one overall pick next year. So they have that in their favor to take their future quarterback. I think they're going to want assets back in trade picks. That's why I think the two contenders right now, Christian McCaffrey makes sense, but he's starting to get dinged up just like Saquon Barkley is for the Giants. So I think the trade that makes more sense for them is to go. Unfortunately, Denver's saying no. I would say Denver makes sense. 
I would say the Eagles are, if I'm a Houston fan, I want to do business with the Eagles because it gets them out of your division and you get three picks in the same draft. Granted, they're going to be teens and 20s picks, but it gets you three picks plus the number one overall pick you'll get for sucking ass. So you can get your quarterback, get your teams, and he's out of your conference. You don't have to deal with him if he approves the trade. The Dolphins, I'd be more hesitant because, yes, Xavier Howard's a great player, but once again, he's 28. By the time you're good, is he going to be downhill, and is he also going to complain in another two years about a better contract, which he will? So if I'm a Houston fan, I want to trade with the Eagles. Washington football team would be a great pick, too, to get him out of the conference, and Washington, I'm stunned, has not made a play for him. They have so many defensive assets they could acquire, they could offer up. They don't have quite the draft picks the other teams do, but they have the best defensive assets they could offer. They could give up Montez Sweat and be no, like, you know, and Kawan Payne, I think his name is, and be fine. They could give up, you know, and they just surplus their offensive talent. They just, you know, took uh, Diami Brown in the draft. They signed what's his name from the Carolina Panthers at receiver. They already have scary Terry McLaurin. They have uh, Gibson at running back. That's a team ready to go. Like, I'm stunned they're not training for him. But back to the Miami Dolphins. Regardless of the situation that plays out, winning cures everything. I will say that as a Dolphins fan. I've already said what I would do. I would move forward with Tua. I have a feeling he's going to take a big step up. He was my QB1 in the draft two years ago or a year ago. I had him QB one. I had Herbert two, Burrow three, Love four. Um, I just, I don't want to give up the assets, but I would understand it as long as you can. Now, if you could win the trade, like as Reason puts it on his podcast, or as like Omar Kelly and all of them say, or Amanda Salguero, if you could win the trade and get him for like Tua, a first, and Xavier Howard, do it win the trade make the you know i mean make the easy upgrade because he is the surefire thing i would understand it. at this point i just want them to make the fucking move if they're going to make it part of my french because i'm so sick of every day waking up and seeing this i am concerned for the dolphins regardless of the trade they make because one as a fan base we're cursed whatever decision we do will be the wrong one but two what bothers me so much is this disgruntlement it screams to me that they're covering their ass because you had the report of that Brian Flores and Dan Marino were Herbert guys. Now Marino's part of the Dolphins organization, but he is not the GM. He is not, he does not ultimately have final say in who they pick. And that Chris Greer and owner Steven Ross were two of guys. So they won out, which makes sense. Brian Flores is the coach, not the GM. He is not Bill Belichick. He does not have final say over every pick. He is not a GM and head coach in the same title. He has a scouting background, but and two, three weeks ago with Paul, you heard me give my slight rant. But now the tables have turned to where the Miami Dolphins at Tua starting week seven was a management decision, not a Brian Flores decision, which I do believe because of if you watch his press conference a week ago, he said he wasn't healthy yet. And then the trainer who Reason had on his podcast came out and said um, that he was 60%. So, you know, he had trouble standing on one leg. So you follow all that. I agree with that. But now it's Chris Greer has flipped to Brian Flores and it's Brian Flores and Chris Greer trying to get Ross to sign off that Steven Ross did sign off on the trade in the offseason. But then when the allegations hit Deshaun Watson, he rescinded it. He pulled it back, said, no, you're going to roll with Tua now. This is a bad PR move if we do this. So now it seems like they're trying to convince him. 
I think this is going to linger for the whole season, folks. That's why I think I'm like hoping to God one, two of balls out or two, the deal just gets done or Watson gets traded somewhere else because I'm so sick of every day being tied to it. And the Dolphins haven't squashed it. They could easily come out on this and squash it. Brian Flores could get up on the podium and say, we're not training for Deshaun Watson. One, he's not our player. And two, until he has his legal ramifications solved, which will not be this season. So this season, we will not be entertaining or talking about Deshaun Watson. That's all you got to do. Done. But he's not because he's having a temper tantrum because Tua wasn't his pick. It screams to me with Chris Greer that he's a flip-flopper. Chris Greer was adamant about drafting Tua. And now after six, nine games, he's got cold feet. Like, no, I got a side of Flores. Let's go get Watson. This is the same team that it's like they're living in hindsight. Josh Rosen they traded for, right? Oh, no, that wasn't Flores. That was uh, offensive coordinator Chad O'Shea who got whacked for it. Okay, Flores, well, you're on like your fourth or fifth offensive coordinator now. When is the buck going to stop with you? And let's not kid ourselves. It's not like you've done anything yet in the Dolphins to earn this praise of being, you know, I think you're a great coach. I think that I think Flores is an outstanding coach. You still haven't made the playoffs yet. You went 10 and 6. And for the love of God, Brian Flores, can you beat Buffalo? You're 0 and 4 against them. Donut. Ofer. Win a play. Get to the playoffs. Beat Buffalo at least once. I'm not asking you to sweep them, but beat them once before you start having this chest puff out moment. I think Chris Greer and Brian Flores are feeling the weight of expectation. And I think the reason Chris Greer flip flopped isn't because he doesn't think Tua will succeed, is because he thinks that they stink at suck eggs this year. They will be canned. And I'm going to tell you this. It's funny that they think that because you have a longer leash with Tua. The expectations with the Dolphins right now are a fringe wild card team that's going to make the playoffs. Yes, if you don't, it'll be a disappointment. But it is a 10-7, and 11-6 season making the playoffs at the 5 or 6 seed. If you get Deshaun Watson, you're having Super Bowl expectations or AFC Championship game expectations. It's not just make the playoffs. It's go on a run in the playoffs. So Flores and Greer, if you want to save your job, your job more hinges on rolling with Tua than trading for Watson. Because not only because if you trade for Deshaun Watson and either A, he gets suspended for the year, or B, he gets hurt, or C, whichever or of the order or combination, and you don't make the playoffs, heads will roll. You will be fired, especially after making all this stink about it. Steven Ross has given you every asset you can hope for. How many draft picks? How much money? You spent $80 million on defensive free agents last year, and the only one still on your fucking team is Byron Jones. Kyle Van Oy, gone. Shaq Lawson, gone. You know, you forced the Noah Igbenogany pick on everyone when you could have taken the safety. You took Javon Holland instead of having some cojones and moving up and getting your running back. You know, at some point, it's pooper, get off the pot. But at some point, we need an upgrade over Miles fucking Gaskin. And I like Miles Gaskin. He's a nice running back. But the truth is, he's a nice running back. You could have really helped Tua out get one of the big three. Pressure is on, boys. And it's like they're trying to use the Sean Watts as, a, as an excuse. And I think the reason we haven't seen a trade done yet is, number one, they're waiting for the allegations to clear up. And two, I don't think Stephen Ross is signing off on this trade. That's why they're not denying it. They could squash these allegations, but they're not. At the end of the day, this is where I'm getting off my rant now. I think when you have a disgruntlement in the front office, that's what makes the Bills so successful is general manager Brandon Bean, head coach Sean McDermott. They see eye to eye. You got to know you're in this canoe together. And yes, you can have disagreements, but don't air your dirty laundry. 
you know, this is bringing back the memories. Bills fans know this all too well of Doug Whaley. When you cause a rift like that of a team forcing a player and vice versa, it doesn't look good. And to me, it sounds like all these guys are covering their asses so they get a job somewhere else, that they're already counting their eggs in Miami. Like, yeah, we're going to get camp, but let me push this guy, Brian Flores. Let me push Chris Greer under the bus so I can get, you know, so I can say, hey, I wanted my quarterback. Well, you know what, Flores? I wanted some of my defensive players that you whiffed on. So, and defense is supposed to be your forte. You know, you pissed off our best defense, one of our players with Minka Fitzpatrick, and you traded him. Now, I was all for trading Minka because I don't think he proved anything yet at that point. But the truth of the matter is, you're rubbing players the wrong way and they're wanting out. So that's going to end my Dolphins rant. I could get into so much more of it. But that's when, when you have disgruntlement at the front office and Jet fans know all too well of what I'm talking about. Bills fans can snicker and high five now because you guys are, you guys, and I'm truly happy for you, Bills fans, are in a good spot right now because you've been dealing with this. You know exactly what I'm talking about, though, because you've been dealing with this for the last decade before this hat, before you guys got McDermott and Bean. But at the end of the day, rubber meets the road. I correctly predicted that Aaron Rodgers would still be a Green Bay Packer. And my prediction for this year was that Deshaun Watson would have to sit out the season, that he would be there. You know, and I'm almost wanting to double down on that prediction. But with Houston coming out and saying they're tra- tra- they're open to offers now, it leads me to believe he will get traded. But I just don't know to who. Miami is probably the front runner right now. I think it's 50-50. I'm not going to say the Dolphins won't because, like I said already, you've heard me say this on this podcast multiple times and the same with the coach, Bobby Cicerano. We don't want them to trade for Watson. I think Miami is the front runner, though. I think the Eagles are right behind. I think right now at this point it's a 50-50 proposition that Deshaun Watson ends up with Miami. And it's sad because I want to see Tula Ball out for us. But at the end of the day right now, I do firmly believe it's 50-50. I still in my gut feel like Watson is going to have to sit out the year because I think so many teams are going to hold to see what they got that they're going to be forced because they're not going to want to just get rid of them to get rid of them. And so many teams are going to wait to see how these allegations resolve themselves. So I'm going to still double down on my prediction that I think Deshaun Watson ends up with Houston this year. I just don't think he plays. And I think they end up with a top three draft pick. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. Reminder, we will have a video game episode later this week. We will also be doing the Loki review this weekend as well. That will be dropping. It'll be on our Facebook page at Geeks Who Watch Football. You can also find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I also post this on Twitter every time as well, and I'm at MadTitan1018. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and uh, have a good one.